we are. What's going on? It's your boy Bosco. Here with Zach. What's going on? Got another review for you. We also got Robert here. Yeah. He's, he's, our, he, he's, 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 he's a silent observer. Yes. Shout out Rob Diddley. Shout out Rob. Rob Diddley. Rob Diddley. This, this, today we saw the new movie from Guillermo del Toro, uh, Nightmare Alley, starring, um, what, what's the guy's name? Uh, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper. Uh, we got, you know, a bunch of like bit parts. We Willem got Rooney, Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, Rooney Mara, uh, Kate Blanchett, um, Richard Jenkins, a lot, just a lot of, uh, but Bradley Cooper is the main character in this film. Uh, and first impressions, Ron I, Perlman. Oh yeah. Ron I knew Perlman, I was forgetting somebody. The man who looks like an ape. Um, if you say so, <laughs> you, wait, you don't think so? You're insulting the man live on our podcast. That's right. I'm throwing live. smoke at Ron Perlman. Smoke at Ron Perlman. Um, first impressions though. I, uh, you know, one of the things I asked you, um, right after watching this and it was, it was funny that you were thinking the same thing is yeah. the question we asked is like, is this a noir film? Right. Yeah. And you know, uh, a noir film for those of you who are not aware with the term noir film is like, you know, those classic like detective films, it's black and white, very gothic. It's not always way. black and white. LA Confidential is a yeah, noir true. film. Yeah, true. Um, and also Blade Runner as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm just saying, like, what you would expect. Uh, but it's Some has... Like It Hot. <laughs> have you seen it? Some Like It Hot. Yeah. I think I have. But yeah. I thought that was more of a comedy. Mm, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think you're thinking of something else. Chinatown. There yeah, we go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was very... This movie, this movie had a lot of the elements of it. Like, very gothic... Well, the brooding. time, the times, the time setting, you know, yeah. 1940s. Right. You know, I think noir is like very uh, dependent, I think, on being on a certain place in like mid 20th century, I think, is kind of where noir lives. I mean, you say Blade Runner and like that's future, but it's I guess it still works and like the spirit of it. Right. There's always intrigue in a noir film. Noir. Uh, is a French word for black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the only French I know. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. There's uh, an intrigue in a noir film. It's also kind of got like, you know, gothic literary elements right. like... Rebecca or like a Hitchcock Yeah, type. Hitchcock style or like it can draw a lot from like, you know, weirdly enough while watching this film... You know what was coming to mind was like mm. Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. You know, and that's interesting too with like the whole thing with the watch. Yeah, I, I yeah, was yeah. kind of getting, I was, I was getting that. ideas of like what is it, the Telltale Heart? Yeah, I think. yeah, with the watch clicking, yeah. and then it's like a heartbeat right. under the floor. And um, one of the things, you know, without giving too much away in our first, you know, spoil-free part, mm. um, is that. Uh, a lot of a lot of the points and a lot of like the motifs and symbolism in this movie really mm -hmm. pays off and yeah. it really comes to fruition. We'll get into more detail in the latter. Yeah. Um but yeah. something about like a carnival setting too. I yeah. mean, because the film starts at a carnival, yeah, like yeah. kind of like a dark carnival. Yeah. You know, there's something about a carnival setting that's kind of like gothic in nature. Yeah, um true, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just all the stuff that they got going on there from the psychic readings to the geeks, the geek, the, the baby in the jar. Yeah. You know, Chekhov's um, baby in the jar. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the 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 snow to the wintry elements right. like it is kind of. Yeah, definitely like a lot of rain. rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of smoking. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yes you know um they do say the word dame which is like do. something if you're like spoofing a noir a yeah. detective noir hey, dame? Film, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and you know like the purse gun yeah, yeah. <laughs> um a femme fatale then yeah, the, yeah, the psychiatrist fatale, the psychiatrist yeah. kate blanchett femme, femme fatale is crucial to the yes. noir it's, it's actually it's quite literally the crux yeah the crux of a noir film mm. is having a femme fatale which is 
you know, a very dangerous woman yeah. is, you know, yeah. the best well, way. like an, uh, uh, a, a love interest for right. the main character in question, the, you know, detective or detective like this guy's not a detective, but right. he's detective like, you know, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, a love interest and but like also and on her own in her own right, like clever and conniving right. and you know, you're never sure what to trust of her. Like, yeah. is she really interested? Is she on the main character's side? Does she have her own motives? What are they? Right. Will she, you know, betray or not betray? And um, she does a heel turn in this movie that's, um, you know, we'll describe later, but it's like, it's very like, it, it's unexpected. It was unexpected yeah. to me, to, I be, think so to, too, to yeah. be honest. Like, I wasn't seeing it coming. Um, you know, as a another, I, I, you're right. The this the setting of this movie is great, but one of the things I really want to talk about is I love the cinematography in this movie. The yeah. Cinematography, like I was like I, when I was pausing at certain points, you know, being a fucking nerd. Okay. <laughs> um, I was like pointing out like you know old school like film techniques like uh, like um where they just like light up the eyes. It's like a very it's a very like noir esque yeah. type imagery. You know. Mm-hmm. The smoky rooms, smoky rooms, long hallways, you know, like the scene where they're in the snowy garden. That was very like very, Mm -hmm. you know, gothic and noir. Yeah, There's Uh, a lot of like interesting architecture when they're inside buildings, a lot of straight and sharp angles on things and And, like a lot of symmetry in in the inside settings. And and I what I was uh, comparing it to was like a Wes Anderson film because you know in Wes Anderson's films he's he's very like meticulous about like the details of his sets and mm-hmm. a lot of things are like you said symmetrical and very like lined up and it reminded me a lot of that yeah. I, I I have to agree like I do say the setting of this the cinematography like it really drags you in brings you in and like gives you that like grim uh forlorn feeling of like that noir and the noir style uh, and gothic style kind of brings you know grim forlorn cold um you know but also striking in a lot of ways and intriguing i mean that the femme fatale in this movie uh is even referenced as cold and and you can even tell like she's very striking she has a very striking appearance uh, i thought of another word elegant too it's it's interestingly elegant yeah yeah everything is you know um once you once you get past like the carnival uh, Mm -hmm. part of it yes everything's like very like you know bourgeois and very like, gothic yeah. grim yet elegant yeah I mean, yeah <laughs> in style yeah and, tone. And, and it's cool it's a cool it's a cool aesthetic yeah. you know i mean it's very like uh it's moody it's brooding yeah it's very brooding and, yeah and this <laughs> and the the movie felt like it had this like shadow of just you know like you know one of the things is so basically uh what's his name bradley cooper mm. plays someone who which is an interesting topic maybe we can get into this but it's a word that's thrown around a lot today but the term grifter that yeah. get, gets mentioned a couple times in this movie because yeah. basically he he like learns how to be a con man by working at the fe- the fair yeah. uh, the um carnival yeah and you know it's like about like it's it's definitely has like a a um, like a theme that I really enjoy in film is like the descent to like madness. I, I like, mm. that's like one of my favorite types of tropes. I like, yeah. I always find it very, you know, which is also a major theme in most Gothic stories. True. Is like yeah. The descent to madness. Yeah. And, um, you know, this movie was just very, um, it was very effective and it was, I don't know, it was, it was, it was really good. Like I enjoy, like I enjoyed a lot of this, like it, I, you know, it's a little bit long. It's about two and a half hours, yeah. but it's worth the, it's worth the long watch. It, I the length of it didn't bother me. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. It didn't It like, I it want- was pretty engaging from the start. I, I love the introduction to the carnival. I yeah. love, um, you know, how, 
he's brought into this world. And I, I like how the mentor explains the craft too. I like right. how he's taught this craft of like essentially doing cold psychic readings and right. how they operate. But then, you know, I like how the mentor explains like, you know, afterwards somebody comes up to say please tell me more about like what my mom was trying to tell me and they're all like look we're not actually talking to your mom it's a show you're a mark you know and you know we do this you know yeah yeah for the crowd and we can't actually talk to your mom you know and you know his mentor explains like we don't do they call them the spook shows where you like can you're absolutely 100% selling it like yes I'm really ta- I'm really psychic right. I'm really reading your mind or I'm really talking to your dead loved drinking one. your own yeah <laughs> you know but he explains like you know we it stops when we leave the stage like right. that's where it stops and when they come up afterwards you know we're not gonna you know take them for a ride essentially right. and say and in, in a way this this whole um like grift, I don't know how to explain it, yeah. but like this whole thing that Bradley Cooper isn't engaging in these spook shows, it ends up consuming him mm-hmm. and it ends up transforming him into, you know, something that's foreshadowed in the beginning of the film. And like, like one of the things that I got away from this film is that a lot of the, the, the themes really get paid off. You know what I mean? They, it feel like it feels satisfying the way things like come together in this film, the way yeah. information is unfolded. It's yeah. an un, you know, um, it's like an unfold, it's an unfolding mystery. Part of you thinks like, oh, is this movie going to be supernatural? But the thing no. is, is it's not. It's, it's not, but it kind of toys with that line where you're mm. like, is this supernatural? Kind of how there... the prestige does that a yeah. little bit in some way. Right. You know, where like at some parts in the prestige, for example, I think maybe might make a good comparison. They're almost like, is Christian Bale's character, is he really magic? But no, it's like never. Yeah. It's all an illusion, you know? Yeah. And, but I do, I do agree. I like that, you know, kind of towing the line between being like, you know, illusion so good that it almost, you know, you almost start to really be like, oh, it is really like and supernatural. And you lose yourself. And if you delve into these, you know, this world of like illusion and, you know, um, just like, I don't know how to explain it, but you kind of lo- mischief. <laughs> yeah, you lose, you lose yourself. And that's, you know, foreshadowed by his mentor who mm-hmm. becomes like, you know, an, an alcoholic, yeah. you know, because he, because the, this life of being kind of a con man, like, and like playing on people's hopes and desires and their grief, uh, took a toll on him yeah. because he knew like he was the, the siren, the sirens call. He was the warning, like, don't be like me because you, and the way it unfolds is like, it's masterfully done, honestly. Like the, the, the pacing of this film was great. Like yeah. it was like, you know, like you're like, okay, what's going to happen next? Like I, I, I had that feeling and that's a good, that's a really good feeling for a two and a half hour long movie, right? That doesn't feel like it really dragged. You're like, you know, like our, our friend, our friend Van, who watched it with us, you know, usually he's like, he's like, I gotta go. But like, you could even tell with him, he was like forgetting he had stuff to do later because he was just so sucked into the story. You know, mm-hmm. this story is very, um, it's very, it's a very int- interesting story of like, kind of like self destruction and, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, just to wrap it up, uh, I think it's definitely a recommend. Um, for me, Zach. Oh yeah, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is one. Uh, this is another movie in our um, coverage of like Oscar-worthy movies. You think this one's gonna get a nomination? I think at the very least, it should get one for cinematography. And yeah. Um, I mean, Guillermo del Toro's been nominated before. Um, when he made The Shape of Water, he swept at the Oscars. He won Best Picture, Best Director, Best yeah. um, you know Cinematography, and mm-hmm. Best Writing. You know, very a very hard thing to accomplish. That only a, f- a few films have been able to, like um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, is an example, mm-hmm. um, and Raging Bull. Yeah, but uh, I I th- I think definitely if you like a like a a, th- a, a slow burn thriller. Uh, slow burn you would call this slow burn mm, actually i don't know i don't know if i would call this slow burn actually that's a good point no i wouldn't call this one slow i would burn but either. you would say it's a it's a it's there's a, a lot of interesting stuff happening throughout, yeah true. and it wasn't slow either. yeah 
Um, I thought the pacing was good. I thought a lot of the setup, uh, set up from how Willem Dafoe, who's like the carnival head, is he? Right. I don't know the main the main carnival proprietor. Right. How he explains how the geek is roped in to um what's the name of the character <laughs> why am I, uh wait which character uh bradley cooper's character oh uh stan stan, stan. um thank you robert <laughs> um how he explains to stan you know how a geek is found and how they're roped in um the setup with how pete his mentor explains to stan why you know it stops at the performance like why they strictly keep it performance based you know saying you know if you go too far with this stuff like you'll lose yourself and you'll essentially you know have to you'll get your comeuppance yeah you know um and it all kind of unravels exactly as the way these two mentors at the carnival but not in explain a pr- to him almost like they had seen it before yeah you know and it plays out again yeah and you, you know, know so interest- the setup i thought was excellent with the payoff like yeah. it all kind of came together very well yeah so if you don't want any spoilers don't listen to this part listen to this after you see the movie okay so mm-hmm. let's get into the thick of it all right actually i was thinking about this the way what the thing that um, I think it was Rooney Mara's character, the wife, uh, she, the way uh, Molly, I think was her name. Yeah, she the way what she said. Were she's they like, married? It's um, never like stated that they got yeah. married or something. I don't know, but we can just his 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 girlfriend, his girlfriend. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> um, I think it was either her or the therapist. They said you're just an. Oh no, it was the therapist. She said you're just an Oki with straight teeth. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, he started to believe he was like really powerful. He had this belief in himself, but in, in the reality, in the end, in the twist where she basically swindles him out of the money, they were kind of having like a a symbiotic relationship where she would feed him information about these. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, the late the the therapist like yes. i thought you were talking about Mo- yes, molly's his it. girlfriend yeah yeah no 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 that I, he meets at the carnival yeah, sorry i was uh i was confusing two characters but the mm-hmm. therapist mm-hmm. um the way she's like you're nothing special you're just you know you're just a guy you're mm-hmm. a guy who's decent looking and you know can spit game mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. and you know it's it's like a reality check and you know uh, the the way everything unfolds. So let's let's talk about the things that get set up in this film since we kind of talk about it. So okay. um, first, like the whole uh, um, the, like I was talking to you, like this whole idea of like planting a seed and being able to like you know see the results of that, like see the tree from the seed, right? So for example, in the beginning, like you said, when he said you'll you know. You do you do the spook shows, you do, you know, you go deep, you'll start to believe that you are actually, you actually do have, you know, a gift, powers, mm-hmm. you know, an ability. And well, I don't know if necessarily he was saying, oh, you'll actually start to believe uh, that you can talk to the dead and read minds because, you know, you can. You're not actually right. doing that. But I think it's I think the idea was that you get. You get too far ahead of yourself and you think people like you're you're eating up your own bullshit in the way that you think you're pulling the wool over people's eyes more so than you actually are, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, you know, so you get too deep. You believe your own lies. You become overly confident. It's like a hubris moment, you know, and that gets that gets paid off in the lie detector scene when Mm -hmm. he he's um you know like he meets this like super rich guy who, who wants to commune with his dead wife or yeah, something so. yeah yeah <laughs> his uh, past um uh paramour Pit mistress yeah old and, rich guys have mistresses of course <laughs> uh and he gets hooked up to this lie detector test and he starts failing right yeah. he realizes that it, the test is showing that he's lying mm-hmm. so what he does is he when he's asked oh can you actually talk to the dead yeah can you actually read minds right yeah and then 
there's a point where and he's saying yes he can right and, and even the, though he knows he can't right yeah but there's a point where he starts being like oh there's someone in this room mm-hmm. he starts going through his shtick and then you see the lie detector test start showing that he's telling the truth yeah. and we all know lie detector tests are basically just like kind of like a stress test they're mm-hmm. like kind of just like it tests your um you know your heartbeat you know it, yeah, that's what they say they're like oh it you know monitors your breathing your heart rate your uh also, involuntarily yeah. involuntary muscle movements it's also stuff. a bit of pseudoscience but that's yeah. a different that's <laughs> yeah it's not admissible in court no <laughs> well it just tests like essentially whether you're nervous or not you know? true true and um but i think that was like a great way of like showing that he that Bradley Cooper has indeed stepped over the line, mm-hmm. right? He has gone past yeah. the point of no return. Well, yeah, because earlier what led him to this wealthy guy, Ezra, was that he, he does that performance in the ballroom, you right. know, where he meets the femme fatale. I can't remember. This is Kate Blanche's character. Right. I don't remember what her... Do you remember what her name was, Robert? No. Okay. Um, and she's there with, a, with another... A different wealthy guy uh, a judge and you know and then he gives him some you know some a little something talking about you know a, a dead loved one then the guy asks for a private session molly his girlfriend begs him not to you know no spook shows uh but he goes out there anyways because you know whatever oh. he wants the money he wants you know the the, the the credit i guess he wants to just feel the power of being able to tell this guy something he says this a few times he's like oh you know aren't we and he says this in the beginning too when when the uh when pete explains to him we don't do spook shows and and um stan kind of argues with him and says well aren't we what about giving them hope like what about just the power to help ease them and he's like no it's it's a lie it's not real hope so i think you know money's a motive for him yes but I think a big part is he like kind of gets off on the power of like giving people hope and giving them some relief of being like, yes, your dead son's here. And even though he died in the war, um, he says he forgives you or whatever, right. you and know, then, and then like he gets off on that guy being like, oh, thank God, um, you know, and then he, you know, he asks for more sessions and that's who leads him to Ezra, who's, right. you know, even more deranged and has yeah. an even more twisted, yeah. you know, dead love. He kind of learned, he kind of says in a way without saying the guy Ezra. Um, Richard Jenkins' character says in a way that he's kind of a serial killer in a way. Does he? I thought I thought he it was just implied that she had a pregnancy. My thought about what he okay. he was trying to commune with was that yeah, because it's not nothing's outright stated with it. It's just uh, or like their relationship between Ezra and his dead loved mistress. I got this idea that it was a younger girl, a mistress he had, whom he got pregnant and then forced her to have a miscarriage. That killed her too, like forced oh, a forced yeah, abortion okay. that also ended but her, yeah, but her then, life. But then after that, he said that I've hurt many women in yeah. like a way of like trying to like, yeah. I don't know, like trying to cope with what he's uh, done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He probably had a string of <laughs> yeah. mistresses. <laughs> but, you know, um, but what's interesting is, is that if you take that, that character, um, what's his name again? Sorry, remind me. The rich Ezra. Guy, Ezra, yeah. So Ezra, he says that he hurts women because of what he did, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, he's trying to like kind of in a way like make peace with it weirdly in a way by hurting more people, which is a weird thing. But mm. then that's like if that's juxtaposed to Bradley Cooper's character, who you find out has a father who is an alcoholic mm. and he he kills him. Yeah. You find out in the end. And, uh, you know, the, the juxtaposed because he, you know, Bradley Cooper, he ends up killing his the the his mentor by accident, accidentally giving, giving him, him the wood, wood alcohol, alcohol yeah, instead yeah. of the other alcohol right yeah. and in the end when he ends up um murdering uh ezra mm-hmm. he's in fact he's he's killing the same person in his mind he's mm-hmm. killing the father who was the person who committed the first sin yeah. who who you know you know it's what i just thought of is uh issues between family members is like a big point in this film like true you remember when pete 
is giving him a lesson and he's like you know he's like if it's a younger guy you know he's like everybody has somebody they have problems with in the in the you know he's like everybody has nothing has been said that's you know, been more true <laughs> yeah everybody has like a past and somebody there that you know usually family member he's like if it's a younger guy go d- go with the dad if it's an older guy say oh you recently lost somebody a, a child a wife right. a spouse whatever you know so but yeah, so basically what you're saying is I, I if I'm if I'm not mistaken is that like, you know, the idea that everyone has like something that's looming over them. Uh, a specter. A specter. Yeah, like so everyone has like some kind of baggage and something yeah. that's haunting them. Usually like daddy issues or yeah. if it's an older guy who might have reconciled his daddy issues but like, you know, issues with a son or a, a lover, a spouse, whatever like, you know, and and in the beginning, he's taught to, like, find that and then use that weakness to manipulate the marks, right. you know? And there's, and- like, kind of, like, this unspoken line that doesn't get crossed, right? You yeah. see it multiple times whenever you see this, like, mentalist act. You see, like, you know, you don't go too hard on somebody, right? Because then you you kind of fu- – you, fu- you play with them. You, yeah. you toy with them a bit, mm-hmm. like, right? And ultimately, I think – when he went too hard on uh Clay Blanchett Clay Kate Blanchett's character Lilith, mm-hmm. um when he goes too hard on her because she like kind of questions him during one of his shows, she ends up, you know, turning the tables back on him in the end, right? Yeah. She, Is be- that why? Because at the end there when she when she like kind of betrays him i was like but she's still upset about yes, yeah. yes. you know <laughs> she why was because, hanging on to how he made a mockery of her something, the, there's something she said mm-hmm. and you know the way he like kind of like broke her down broke her down is he Being said like oh you, you want to be you want to be you want to be powerful but your mom was mean to you and yeah. broke you down every every and day. right and at the end she was like she's like am i powerful when she shoots him mm-hmm. in the ear she's like am i powerful now am mm-hmm. i you know and it's it's very interesting. First off, I don't negotiate with therapists. Best Kanye West line because therapists are evil. Yeah, <laughs> you said that one multiple times while we were watching. Yeah. Bosco loves that line. So it's, the, it's let it be line. on the record. It's a great line. Um, Kanye West, a genius. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically, um, you know, there's a lot of okay. So let's talk about the geek because that's another that's mm-hmm. another interesting point. So the geek is this person in the show who's like kind of sold as like this wild man, man. someone who's like um like a primordial version of like man. a caveman essentially. Yeah. They keep him in a cage. They uh you it's know, really just like a hobo that they've tortured. Yeah, basically, and it's like yeah. gone feral, right? And, <laughs> and they and, feed him chickens. Yeah, and then you know people see live like, chickens. Yeah, people see him bite into the neck of a chicken. Biting and, off chicken heads. And that's one of the first off. That like was fucking, a, uh, <laughs> fucking Ozzy Osbourne. Osbourne yeah. Biting off chicken heads. But you know the interesting part about this is that this movie, like, really shows you, like, it feels grimy. And that was, like, one of the first moments I had where this movie felt really grimy mm-hmm. was when you see the geek for the first time. And the geek is not, like, a, it's, like, it's like a role. Yeah. Right. It's a role within this traveling carnival show. Yeah. But they're like not in on the, uh, they don't get the, they don't get no. all the, they're not in on the grip. They're being exploited. They're a, a mark of, themselves. Yeah. The geek is a, is a mark yes. that has become a part yeah, of that's the actually, show. That's actually, that's a, a really good point. Mark. Yes. And yeah, because basically the geek is someone who's, you know, like you said, he could be an opiate addict, could mm-hmm. be a, you know, just a booze, booze hound. Yeah. Um, oh, and, that's what, yeah, Willem Dafoe explains is that he would get the, the guys hooked on opium. Right. A lot of so times. yeah, so let's, let's talk about that. So Willem Dafoe's character was basically, he was the person who would break in these geeks. He was yeah. the person who would, um, you know, uh, you know, get mow them he into was, like, like <laughs> he seemed to me to be like the carnival like proprietor, the car- right. the carney. Well, I guess carny. I guess that's the head job carny. when you're the head carney yeah. is that you uh, you're the one that breaks in the geeks. Yeah. Um, and you know uh, the way he describes it, he was like, first, you know, we'll give them a little taste. You know, we'll give them we'll give them some booze. We'll mm-hmm. you know make you make them feel good. Make them feel like this is you know the best thing. Hey, you'll Ooh. have a roof over your head. It's temporary. It's, oh yeah, and then that's the thing. It's temporary. So you get them feeling like, oh shit, I could lose this. You know, they're already very desperate people. But mm-hmm. then you sell them like, oh yeah, we're we're just waiting until we get a new yeah, one. Yeah, we need to find the right guy. You're 
they're right. not quite the best fit, so this is just temporary right. until we get the right one. And, and then the way this gets paid off in the end is that is that once know, he becomes the hobo, he, he becomes he becomes the geek. And I think this is honestly probably one of my favorite scene in the movie. Is the last scene is mm. when he talks to the you know this uh, other carnival proprietor. Um, this carny. I don't know why I'm, I'm using a PC term. Is carny a bad word? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, uh, I just this, didn't know what to call the head carny. That's yeah, why I said proprietor. He's the HCIC, the head carny in charge. Carnival Circus ma- Ringmaster. 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 That's the term I was yeah. looking for. But basically, in the end, Bradley Cooper's so desperate. You see, like, he sells this watch. That, you know, was very sentimental to his father, but he sold, he's, he gets rid, cause he's just so desperate. He wants to drink. He, mm-hmm. you know, and he started off not drinking in the film. Right. Because, and he, it was, it was Kate Blanchett's character who got him to start drinking. Right. She broke him down from the very first right. time he stepped into her right. office. She's like, she never. was already she's pulling like, the so, strings. She's like, oh, that's so interesting. Never. Yeah. You say never. Yeah. You know, and she like, she like kind of puts, um, in a way, she, you know, he's a huckster, but mm. she's an even bigger huckster. Yeah. Well, what, what I think is interesting is like, it's like he went too deep. Like, as yeah. Pete warned, he went too deep into the act. It consumed him and then it unraveled him too. And he's lost all sense yeah. of self. And then it all falls apart. You know, when he's given that tarot card reading by the psychic who was, you know, Pete's, you know, uh, partner or whatever in in the act and then they visit him and molly um you know the ron perlman and right. and, and the dwarf and and uh and the psychic part pete's partner psychic and she does the tarot card reading you know she gives him the three cards and she's like downfall um I don't remember what the other one was, but the last one's the, the hangman, hangman, you yeah. know, that's essentially inverted. hangman. Yeah. The inverted, that's the geek, you know, being right. the, the, the hanged man. Right. You and, and your and, ultimate fate, you have your, you, you come up, you get, you get wrapped up in your act. There's an important decision. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, that was the middle part. Yeah. yeah. Important decision. So a downfall. And I guess the downfall is, I guess you could call it where he's gone too deep already with Ezra. So, but Ezra asks him to materialize his, you know, dead mistress so that he can, um, you know, whatever, make amends. Cleanse his atone. soul. <laughs> yeah, atone. cleanse his soul. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then the downfall happens there when, you know, the, the, you know, he has Molly set up to be, you know, to be the pretend, you know, to be pretending to be the materialized ghost of, of his the, past yeah. love yeah. yeah and then but it, it falls apart there when he goes up there and he and realizes he it's it, yeah. not yeah and he's like you're you're a sick son of a bitch <laughs> even though he had already admitted that he had hurt many people himself yeah. which is you know interesting yeah um but you know but just sorry just sorry. he had a choice i mean molly kept giving him the choice so she was like don't do the spook show right you know leave this guy alone don't try and do this ghost materialize this you know phantom from his past you know but he keeps going forward and he his constant decision over and over again is to keep moving forward deeper and deeper into the act deeper and deeper deeper into into the the charade you know until eventually it's consumed him and then it all falls apart and he's like left he's a on husk. the run he's a husk yeah he's, he's left going on the run and then he becomes a hobo and then finally he returns to the carnival where it's been sold off it's a completely different cast of carnies there but the carnival the ringmaster the new ringmaster the new proprietor then gives him the the spiel that you know Willem Willem Dafoe, Dafoe had, had taught him earlier planted, where he's like yeah. yeah and he's like well i do have one thing but it's only temporary. <laughs> right. And then and then Bradley Cooper delivers this line in such a manic way, but it's like it's like Because he knows. He knows yeah, the whole time what's yeah, going what's on. What's going on. He realizes and and what thing, he's being offered to do. And and the, he like gives like one of the best he delivers his line in a uh, an uh, a great way. He goes. The guy's like, like I he, need a geek, and he's like, "This was the role I was born to play." <laughs> he like starts laughing, and then he just says that, yeah. and you're just like, you're like, "Oh shit!" This movie's cyclical. The movie yeah. has come all the way around. That's because what I the, thought too. In the beginning, you see Bradley Cooper. 
And I think in a way he sees himself in the geek. Like some kinship. Right. He sees himself in, you know, like he like gives, he shares a cigarette with him because mm-hmm. in a way he views, he, he, in a or way. Or in he, the earlier scene when the geek gets out of his cage and like yeah. he goes up and he's like trying to talk to him. He's like, come on, I'm not going to, you know, hurt you. You, you know, you didn't do anything wrong right. with me and whatnot. Right. And um, I don't know. I just I love how cyclical this movie is. I love how everything ends up like there's a setup and a payoff for a lot, uh, a lot of the motifs in this movie. Yeah. And that's the what I think Guillermo del Toro's like director directorial vision in this mm-hmm. movie is. It pays off. Other, yeah. you know, there's no other real way to say it. it like, and I, I did definitely at the end. Like, I did love how, like, I was like left with this feeling. Like, all his mentors, both Pete and Willem Dafoe's character, like both, it, it felt like they had seen it all before, right? You know, and they like warned him. Like, they warned him. They're, you know, like this is how we, 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 you know, find a find a fill in the geek role. You know, we get them hooked or you know it's a it's an alcoholic and a druggie whatever somebody down on their luck you know pete warns him about going too far like it's almost like you know they're both older men it's almost like they had both seen it many times before it the cycle it being cyclical in nature you know and it was like they warned him and he knew you know he knew all that but still like fell into the trap that many obviously had done so before him you know and it almost makes me feel like thinking about it like this i'm like you know it almost could keep going now he's the geek and now will someone else come into the carnival to be the new psychic grifter you know that will you know have their own downfall if they you know go too deep yeah (laughs) delve too deep into the madness yeah it is it is interesting how it does kind of like feel like one right and i think that's one of the most satisfying aspects of this movie it makes Mm -hmm. you it really like it like rewards you for like kind of like sitting through this movie Mm -hmm. and like you know it it feels like this movie feels like a very satisfying meal like even though it has like kind of it's very dark and there's like violence in this movie for sure and like what i was saying is uh when you first see the geek that's like the first moment where you see because um Guillermo del Toro, he's an interesting director, right? He does these like very like fantastical tales usually, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, but a lot of them are like very brutalist and they're very like, you know, go- you know, gothic and they're very um stylized in a way, you know, where yeah, there's violence, there's blood, you know, interestingly enough, I know one of the movies he wants to do is he wants to do the story of Pinocchio in uh Nazi era Germany. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a very interesting guy and I think he's definitely you know, one of the uh better directors on the scene these days, you know, making good original film. Yeah. What it Tell me what you think of the baby in the jar, the Cyclops. Yeah, baby in so the jar. I said the the Chekhov's baby in the yeah. jar. Um, you know, I think it's there at the end when he goes yeah. in, and the and the guy, the new ringmaster, tells him, "Oh, I bought this off the old proprietor." Right. Uh, and he goes know? like, and, and he, it's staring, and it's like you know, it's just got that giant eye. You know what I thought about? Not until until now, until I thought about it, when he's helping Ezra, the idea there is that he like you know forced a miscarriage that 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 his you know mistress's death was due to like a forced miscarriage and then in that jar is some you know a a, a cyclops fetus or you know stillborn fetus that supposedly cyclops. killed its yeah, mother yeah. yeah interesting interesting yeah. i i just think that um it like basically what this movie does is it takes the role of bradley cooper and it um, kind of shows him his folly through other characters, mm-hmm. right? And and ultimately he becomes, you know, even even with all the warnings, he becomes that. It becomes everything he's running from. That's right. what Pete tells him. He's like, you know, you 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 will be faced with your with with you know he says god you're going to be faced with god and you can run all you want but you can't escape you know essentially fate, fate yeah, yeah, yeah which is like your your you know your comeuppance True. what your your price to pay for 
you know, taking this act, this bit too far. And playing with you, people's emotions yeah. and like taking advantage of people. You know what quote what what idiom or saying comes to mind is staring into the abyss too and, long. Yes, and you, you be wary of what stares back. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, the abyss stares back eventually. Like yeah. and I always took that to mean like, you know, if if you play with some fuckery, for lack of a better word, too long, like eventually it consumes you and you can fall in you know too deep you know and it makes me think of like instances i've seen like one something that comes to mind this might sound a little silly but like pre-trump era early 2010s online when people used to have their uh you know pretend to be nazis pretend to be white nationalists online you know white supremacists online be like well it's just a joke it's just a joke but then it was like you know you're staring in the abyss and eventually a lot of those people did become legit nazis (laughs) and white nationalists you know they fell in you know and so it's like a lot of like the the kind of like gamer gate era yeah like you know where it's like oh we're just joking about being being, you know nazis or we're just joking about being racist you know yeah. but like it's like in a know, certain it's, way it's, you become you know interestingly enough without naming names we have a friend you know it's, it sounds like kind of a simplistic story but we mm-hmm. have a friend who uh kind of would do this like accent of like a southern accent right he would do this accent like kind of making fun of like a hick right mm-hmm. and it was like a joke we kind of had between us all but at a certain point he went too far with that joke and he kind of <laughs> you know what i mean and you know it's like it's a very simplistic way of looking at it but you know what i mean it's i'm trying to think of a, of a good ex- of a, of a good example like let's say somebody has a role of like a clown or a jester right you know but it has there has to be a line drawn somewhere like right. eventually you got to have a line drawn where you become your true self right if you give in all the way then you can become the clown the jester all the time right you know so there has you have to with your acts with your your shtick your 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 performance whatever it is you're doing you know especially when it's something when you're messing with something you know more nefarious or dark or you know con like you know you are essentially staring into the abyss and you got to know where to draw that line where like okay it's time to move away right. from that it's one and thing if you if go too deep yeah. then you fall into said abyss it's a one you know th- and you become that you become yeah. you know what was once an act what was once a bit a performance becomes consumes you and you become that right you know yeah, you know, and so I think that this movie is a good example yeah. of that occurring, staring into the abyss, and then the abyss stares back. back. Yeah, you it consumes you. You become that darkness you were staring at, Becoming you know, what you which hate. you once were yeah. using as a performance as a bit, but you but you decided not to to cross those boundaries. Right. And yeah. Yeah, and, and then the it, movie, the and movie, then and then it stares back, and yeah. even Pete says God's face will be staring at you. He says that, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. And this movie has like a very like grim kind of like nihilistic ending in a way, but it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know it comes full circle. Yeah, it was definitely like well earned. Like you're not yeah. there like pitting him all that. Like he's not uh, like the main character. You're not necessarily rooting for him right during this and, movie. And like, and he's definitely like up to some fuckery. Yeah. Yeah. shady you know so it's like oh it feels deserves like just deserves right you know yeah it's like uh it's like uh like an episode of the twilight zone yeah yeah, yeah it, it is the, the cosmic wheel, wheel of, justice. of justice yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and you know uh yeah it's just uh, this movie is just, it is twilight zone okay yeah, yeah this movie totally could be an episode of the twilight yeah, zone which is also a very gothic you know, you know, noir show on its own you know what it's the, the right, episode though. of the twilight zone reminds me of there's this one episode where um there's a guy he's a con man and he's he can change his face mm-hmm. right and he can change his face into different people you know like that's like his ability right mm-hmm. and what happens is is he like you know he is like kind of like you know like a con man you know like he changes into someone to like be someone uh that you know to attract a woman at the bar is like someone that she used to love right playing with people's emotions yeah there's a point where he becomes he sees like a poster of a boxer running away from the cops he becomes a boxer but then he goes uh and runs into 
the father of the boxer is like, you left us. You left my mother. You left your mother. You left me. You know, you to be a big star, to be, you know, be, and, uh, you know, in the end, the, the father of the boxer ends up k- killing this con man. Yeah. Right. Because he's kind of dabbling in people's like, mis- like misery and, um, like, I don't know, dabbling in like people's like hurt and dabbling in, you know, people's like, you know, traumas and yeah, taking advantage and, and manipulating and, their, yeah, yeah their trauma, their traumas, their pain between them and for their your own benefit. loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. For your, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, it, for profit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, um, it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting, well contained story, yeah. right? And I don't have any more questions. It's like it, the movie doesn't leave you with questions, no. like, but it, the movie. The only question is, I still the only thing that I'm left wondering about is is the Cyclops baby in the jar. That's the only thing that I think yeah, is kind of like, like, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, like, or what is that supposed? I think to be? it's like kind of like uh um, I would say it's like kind of uh a, a like it's a warning in and of itself. Yeah. It's like a um to me it almost it's like, like a, a trophy yeah a totem, a totem. that's like i like i like a, a warning totem yeah like something that's like but th- but both willem defoe and the new carnival proprietor at the end both of them kind of have it there like as one of their most prized possessions like a trophy right yeah yeah i don't know it's it's, it's you know that one that's that's kind of a harder one yeah. to decipher but a lot of the other stuff in this movie is like you know, like I say, things get paid off. Yeah. It's not telegraphed, though, in a way where you're like, oh, I saw this coming. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel like, oh, something is going to happen. And, you know, we even said and it, it all a- makes sense. too. Yeah. And we even said at a point where like, oh, we know what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, Molly's going to get killed, but she doesn't No. what ends up happening. She ends up killing the uh, the, the old the old rich guy. Yeah. And, you know, it's this movie. Um, does a great way of setting these things up, but not doing it in a way which seems like, oh, I no. saw that coming. Yeah, no, it feels well earned, well deserved. Yeah. It made sense how how the results that the you know setup and result all made sense and felt like well earned. Right. You know, so uh, and let's, not in a cheesy way. So uh, let's um, let's finish this up. Let's uh, get into our final thoughts. Do you want to go first, Zach, or should I? Sure, I'll just say um, I'll make it brief. Um, I, the setting of this movie, the grimness of it, the brooding nature of it, the gothic tone, um, it's all super cool and like really brings you in. It leaves me with that like dark, grim, gothic feeling that I love from movies and stories like this, you know, um, that, you know, elegant yet brooding you know, style. Something can be beautiful, yet yeah. horrifying and at the same time. I think um, I love that feeling that I'm left with after, you know, seeing a good example of a noir film, you know. Um, so that was all super cool. Um, the pacing of the story is good, even though we said it's two and a half hours. That I thought the pacing was solid. I was engaged pretty much the whole time. Um actors acting was all good no no complaints on that no and slouch all, yeah no all, slouch all the acting movie, was yeah. good the setting was good um the story all paid off well um i don't know i don't have anything off the top of my head yeah. anything negative really to say about it um you know it was just an overall entertaining movie um you know uh guillermo del Toro has an awesome style yeah. Um, that you know is very evident yeah his his mark yeah it's unique and it's very evident when you watch his films yeah. too like he has I love- like he has like you know we kind of made like a reference to like hitchcock but like when yeah. you watch a hitchcock film you yeah. see his signature yeah in his exactly film. And, I, and, and with guillermo you definitely get that as yeah, well exactly so i love a film like that where you can see it and see the d- director's style their signature like you said you know and and see you know their artistic you know, vision, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have anything negative off the top of my head to say other than maybe I wish that the carnival 
in the first portion of the movie, the carnival portion, I was thought was interesting and kind yeah. of fun. And I wish it maybe stayed there a little longer, a more time maybe with Pete, his mentor, and the and the other psychic, the woman who was Pete's partner, and more time maybe with Willem Dafoe. I thought because I really enjoyed the carnival part, so maybe I would have enjoyed more time there. Um, you know. But that would be maybe my only complaint is, you know, just more more from more from the carnival part. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just overall solid, enjoyable movie. Um, you know, I don't have much in the way of negative what to say it? about. Um, I would leave this one like with a solid. Let me think. I'm having a tough time with my scores because I think you about should, you other, should write you should write them down. Yeah. Well, no, I remember a lot of them that I gave. Um so I enjoyed like because I'm thinking of like what I've given because my first I'm like seven, but then I almost want to go higher. But then I'm like I gave Mulholland Drive. I think I was too tough on Mulholland Drive. I gave Mulholland Drive a seven, and I'm like okay, I like this movie as much as I like Mulholland Drive. I would say those two are on the same tier. And I think about the one I've rated the highest, which was American Psycho, which just has a special place in my heart, and that was at a nine. Um. And then I think about what was Pig? What did I give Pig? I think I gave Pig around seven. And seven I, and I, a half. Yeah, I think I like this one more than Pig. I definitely like this more than... Uh, I love hearing you than, break work this in your mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely like this one more than, than Don't Look Up. You know, the, just comparing it to Pig, this movie kind of pays off, you know, better than Pig. You yeah. know, like, in a way, like... Oh, yeah. definitely. Like, the things I liked about Pig, you know, was... You know, the one complaint I had about that movie is that I felt like that movie didn't know what it wanted to be. But yeah. this movie very much knew what it wanted to be. This is why. OK, look, I've, we've talked about this off recording about I've mentioned, although you seem you we didn't talk about it that much. I was just like, do you want to do use the star system as movie critics do? Yeah, we can just find it sometimes a little bit easier because I'm thinking and I'm like Mulholland Drive in right, retrospect. Let's just, let's I should have given higher. Well, we've already established this one. I would just say I should. I wish I could have given. But I think about Licorice Pizza, which I gave maybe why we just an do, eight. Why, why, why but we just, I think Licorice Pizza, as much as I like that movie, I enjoyed watching this. And I don't think Licorice Pizza yeah. is necessarily a, an inferior movie to this. I just enjoyed this one more, you know, um, enjoyed watching it more than Licorice Pizza. So, like, I want to score it higher, but... I don't. I, Internal it's on turmoil. Par, yeah. <laughs> I will just say Mulholland Drive, I should have given an eight. This one, I will give an 8 to also. And yeah, I'll okay. give this one an 8. Um, it's just the thing with the stars is it kind of just makes more sense to me. The, the well, 10 we can is like we just can, too vague we can, sometimes. We, we, can, we can switch it to 5 stars. 4. Well, no. Four. Because you would never go movie critics... And film reviewers, they never go above four. All right. Even well, you know what? We'll start going by stars now. Fuck it. You want to try? Some, yes. This was stars, but see, now I'm off because I think about uh, because Don't I'm doing compare this it to your others. And in, in how I've compared other reviews. Just just so, right off the top of your head. Three, <laughs> three stars? Rating system's tough. Rating three, system's three tough. Three stars? Then? I would say definitely, yeah, like three stars, okay. um, which All would right. be an eight. Okay. So, all right. So we're we're just gonna go from stars from now on. I but think I, I, out of the recent ones we've watched, I would this put is it one of my favorites on, on par. Yeah, I would put it as much as Licorice Pizza. Maybe cinematically, Licorice Pizza might be a better film, but I enjoyed watching this one yes, more. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, and I think originally I gave a Licorice Pizza about like a nine. I think I'd probably move it down to like an eight and a half. Mm -hmm. But um. You're retroactively changing yes. your scores now. That's okay. <laughs> um, so you can change your mind when because yeah. a lot of times we, we review this. We review giving like end scores is tough, right? Yeah, now that tough. we're actually doing this, like I'm yeah. like I've thought about this previously before when I've given scores where so I've been like, oh, I went too yeah. high or I went too low. A lot of right. times I feel like I go too low. Other times I feel like I go too high. You know, when yeah. we did up, uh, don't look up. I think I gave it six, six and a half. But I was like, if I could give stars, that one's an easy two. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But whatever. We can we can switch to stars, see how we like Let's it. Let's do both. Okay, I'll, we'll do I'll both for us. I'll give this one an yeah. eight, Hell which yeah. will be a three out of three stars. Okay, so I would give this movie, honestly, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think 
Guillermo del Toro d- does a movie does the way he does film it's so immersive and you feel a part of this world when you're watching it you feel like in in you just feel engrossed in in a, in the world in this film and the same thing is for Nightmare Alley you know i think it's one of his best i think uh you know i still my favorite from him is The Shape of Water i love that movie um, you know, that movie, like I, I told you before, I, I, um, back when movie pass was still a thing, mm-hmm. I used movie pass to go see that movie like three times in the theater. Wow. Yeah. I love that movie. It is just, is so good. And it, it, the one thing I love that Guillermo del Toro definitely does with his movies is you can see his love for film. And that love is translated very well mm-hmm. and, you know, is very enjoyable. I think I'm gonna have to give this movie a nine, three and a half stars. I think this movie, there's, there's not much I can find fault with it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, like, th- like every part of this film is beautiful and the, the story's beautiful. Every shot's a picture. It's just like, I, I can't find anything wrong with it. You know, I can't, you know, I think the, the story unfolds perfectly. I, I like I I dare you to find a fault with that, the way the story unfolds. Like the story is just so I don't know. It's so powerful and it's strong. Mm-hmm. It's strong. So yeah, and and this was yeah a very enjoyable watch. Um, and it really it really leaves me like you know movies like this leave me hopeful. For you know, when a lot of people say like, "Oh, there's no good movies that come out nowadays." Everything's a reboot, yeah. or a remake. The thing, the thing is, whatever. you just have to, you have to, you have to be open and look towards, yeah. you know, things. Enough Marvel kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, look, I like, I you like. Said that so guiltily. No, <laughs> I mean, like, look, I've been having. It's my, okay to like Marvel. I'm just messing no. You around. can, you can, yeah. but there's like, nothing wrong. Tons of people love later Marvel, as sorry. as as time has gone on. It's, I've it's I've cool be- Marvel stuff I've out be- there. I won't deny I've been Begun to more so believe the uh, the criticism Martin Scorsese had about Marvel, where he's like, they're all like, um, they're like uh, roller coasters. Yeah. It's like it's like it's fluff with no substance, yeah. right? Well, people love superheroes. I mean, we, we'll talk about this. We can talk about time, this another yeah. time. But <laughs> people but, love superheroes. There's something like I think that's just commonly like but, I don't know a common but, yeah. A kid, like just love for superheroes for whatever right, reason right but i think the thing is with this movie is that it's something that i i think if you give it a shot you'll definitely i i think a lot it's it's a very appealing story and yeah it's, a lot of times I'll, like in in our recommend part if we're gonna recommend so a lot of times like at least with like don't look up i'm like oh yeah i would need to drink and watch this movie this is not one that no felt i felt like oh yeah like i'm not drinking right now yeah. but you know this is not one that i was like oh i need to be drunk for this movie. no you no know? this movie was a full meal yeah and i'll yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, leave it yeah, at yeah. that it leaves you satisfied and yes. you go home you go home happy yep Maybe not happy, but you go I'm home. Happy. You go no, home. I'm happy. Satisfied. I think that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah, satisfied. It's a full. This movie yeah. is a full meal. Yeah. Not lacking any substance, and so mm-hmm. that's why I give it such a high score. That's mm-hmm. why I think this movie. Um, I hope gets. Is a this lot. your favorite one we've seen so this far? Year? So far, yes. This is my favorite. My favorite. Movie. More than Pig and more than Licorice Pizza. Yes. Because I would say those would be the contenders. Right I liked now. I liked Licorice Pizza a lot. Mm-hmm. Um as time's gone on, I've kind of thought about Pig and I feel like even though I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. I thought that the movie didn't know what it wanted to be. Hmm. You know what I mean? In yeah. one in one aspect, you know, and I enjoyed that yeah, it kind of it kind of like, you know, played with your expectations. But this movie it it does play with your expectations, but this movie, like, it's just like, you're not expecting anything. You just want to see this Man. onion, this beautiful flower, this beautiful flower, you know, open. And- I mean, if you're a keen viewer, like, like you could guess kind of what's going to happen. And it makes sense when it does, like, when it shows this scene, sorry, real quick, when it shows this scene with the wife who he had gave earlier counsel to and been like, yeah, your son's happy and he knows one day you'll be reunited. When it shows, when it returns to that couple and she's like, she's like, yeah, I'm thinking about what that guy said and how we'll see Jimmy again in heaven and we'll be together. And I, 
in my mind, I didn't say it out loud, but I'm like, what, is she going to kill herself? And she fucking shoots him and then shoots herself. The murder the Sue. double murder Sue. <laughs> it was a single murder single Sue. Single murder Sue. <laughs> um, so, like, if you're a keen viewer, you know, or you've just followed the story well, like, you can almost start to predict it, you know, but not in a way that feels like it's cheap or it's, oh, it's predictable. Like, it just pays off well. If you're right. following along well, like, it makes sense and it yeah. pays off well. Yeah, so definitely uh, a much recommend. I hope y'all don't like it, see it. Liked it. Yeah. Good. Would you agree with what we were saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank good. <laughs> Beautiful. Well spoken. Elegant. Lovely. Delicious. Yum. Robert's a wordsmith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I definitely think this is a good. This is uh, a, an enjoyable watch, and I recommend it to all of you out there. Let us know if you saw it. Um, email us at bashbrotherspod at protonmail Tweet it at us at what is it again? Uh, it is. I uh, hold on. I got it. ZMB present the Bash yes, Brothers. ZMB present the Bash Bros Pod, and that's at Z N the letter N Z N B the Bash Bros. Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, um, um find th- us, follow us. We'll follow everybody yeah, back. Yeah, our, um, our our three listeners. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> reach out. Let us know if you saw it. Um, all right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Nightmare Alley. Recommend. Cool movie. Good movie. Good night. Enjoy. <laughs>